0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: It is the Anfield Wrap weekend. Ad Amelia's got the tiniest cup of takeaway coffee in the world. Is that an espresso? It's a double espresso. A double espresso.
2: But you could probably fit four espressos in it. To be fair.
1: It's the Pink. wing of coffees.
3: I think yeah. it's Shaqiri's coffee. <laughs> it's
2: absolutely my news.
3: <laughs> uh,
1: it is the morning after the night before, after Liverpool got beaten. Uh, let's not let it happen again. Two goals to one by Manchester City. Adamelia, Lizzie Doyle, you've heard uh, Kev Walsh and Alison McGovern with us for the next, oh, it'll be about an hour or so. We've also got Max Rushton uh, talking about Max Rushton things. We've got um, Matt Jones talking about Matt Jones things, which is, in this instance, Tramier Overs. And we have uh, Chris Williams talking about Borussia Dortmund all lined up John Gibbons has also chipped in on some of that gear as well. Uh, all fantastic stuff right the way across the board, but we've got to talk about Liverpool getting beaten by Manchester City. Um Adam Melia, first and foremost, it was it was very 05 to 2010 for me. It was nip and tuck, it was cagey, it was intense. Um it ebbed and flowed. I don't think either side was ever properly on top. Uh they probably shaded it.
2: Yep. Um it was one of those games that was changed by Moments, um, rather than you know, anybody p- being particularly dominant, um, and I think that yeah, yeah, you, you could you couldn't really you couldn't really have any, any any complaints with either of their goals. So in 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 that sense, you could say that they shaded it. I did think we were the better team, um, and I'm still I'm I'm still within it. I think I haven't quite got through this yet, and I've just said it's it's going to be a bit like a group therapy session. This because I'm still. I, st- I don't know whether I need to watch it again or what. I just feel like I haven't quite I, I, I haven't quite dealt with it yet. I'm still to be honest I'm a little bit like the big picture is that isn't the game I wanted it to be and I think that And
4: how did that make you feel? <laughs> it isn't it,
2: it, and I think that there's part of it where you know when you kind of like 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 there's, there's there's parts of it which is perf- based on people's performances which you can't really do anything about especially when it's like you know people like um you know Lovren and Trent you neither of them had a particularly good game but you're not going to pick anybody else because they're the players that are available in those positions um how, but I think that the, the actual shape of the game wasn't it wasn't what I thought it was going to be having watched Dawson and Watch City recently I thought that we um picked a team there picked a midfield there which was inevitably going to make it a bit of a tight game um the last times we've seen that that midfield was you know PSG away and Napoli away and they're really similar games where we're kind of going to keep things tight and it's it's just, not really I, our game it's not it? really our game and I just and and and, and I'm not sure I, it's not like I'd make wholesale changes and I don't it's nothing against any particular one of those three I just think that that is that, that we were sort of like uh, in, instead of instead of what we could have done was was we bullied them a bit I think um and it, it, I'm, I'm not sure whether it would have would have come out like that we might have been left looking soft if we tried to but I just don't and we'll never know but I don't but' I'm, 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 I'm just I am a bit disappointed at the big picture of of, 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 of how of, of how we of how we set up and then and and having having lost how it's how it's turned out.
1: It's all right to be disappointed, I'd say, Alison. I think that that's perfectly valid. Firstly, getting beat is never good. But also, there is a little bit of a... I can't quite work out whether or not City caged us really quite well or City imposed themselves really quite well or if we allowed ourselves to be imposed upon at times because at times it felt like we could break three. But it's just that the nature of a massive game like this between two good sides.
4: So in in relation to certain players, yes, they definitely caged us well. I'll come back to that in a second. But first, like, so for all of Adam's like emotion and feeling in it, like, let's be rational. Like, the difference was eleven millimeters. Like, at the beginning of the game, I think I would have paid a thousand pounds for a draw, and we were eleven millimeters away from getting a draw. So, you can't, you can't get too upset about that. I don't think. I mean, yes, I think it was a game that we could have won. But we had probably our most unlucky moment in this calendar year that we have had, because I don't think you describe what Sergio Aguero did to Mo Salah in the Champions League final as unlucky. That was just Ramos. Ramos not Aguero. Oh yeah, sorry. Flashbacks. you know, I think that that without goal line technology, that's a goal. Because nobody's seeing eleven millimeters in a way that the technology can, so I think my account of the game is just like we lost it in a really unfortunate way, like it we're still top of the league, we've still got a long way to go, and that would be true if we were seven points ahead or as it is four points ahead. I think Trent was really battered last night, yeah, no he wasn't that wasn't his best performance, but also at times there were three or four players around him. And they could see that, you know, that we pass out from the back that the attack starts from Virgil and they could see that and they were trying to they were trying to contain that attack on them and they did so well.
1: I think Kev, that's containers the I think one of the reasons why it's a difficult game to really get into is the extent to which and it's happened when we played them twice now this season. It's an unbelievable level of respect that that football team and that manager is giving this Liverpool team and this that that Liverpool manager. It's it is so much of what they do. Even stuff they do well. Even stuff they do with the ball is about containment. It's about containing Liverpool. And apart from apart from literally us, maybe it's because they didn't go deep into the Champions League last season. But I haven't seen them do that to anybody else now across 18 months, two years. There's no one else they treat the way in which they treat us.
5: No, that's because we're, we're a brilliant football team. We're a, a brilliant manager. And Pep Guardiola knows that now because he's seen his own team play in his own style and get tonked enough times by us. So that's that, that change of tact for, from him for us, I think should have made yesterday even more of a free hit. Because if they're going to play that containing game and we have got a seven-point lead over them, that midfield we, we played there it sort of allows them to contain us but also it doesn't allow us to break out quick enough so there's a big massive gap between our midfield and our attackers then which which means that it's like when you're a kid and you're playing football and all you want to do is just launch it forward but the problem with doing that and when you're not a very good football team is it comes straight back at you so you're always under pressure whereas if against in a game as intense as that last night you get your breather on the ball a lot of the time because you're doing so much running side to side when they're getting you across the pitch and you've got some fast lads there so you've always got to be switched on You've got to make sure that the control... I think we've gone for control in the midfield there, but we've gone for a control based in Harry and them. Whereas I think if we'd have had a Fabinho in there, someone who could have just a little foot on the ball and been confident enough to turn and have a look and try and link the play. I think as soon as you get the ball into our front three, the rest of our team can have a break then.
1: But is there something just in that, because I take this all to the point around the discussion of the midfield three, but for instance, I don't think it's necessarily the selection of them in terms of what they offer. I think for instance, Milner didn't look fit to me. Mm. You know, that's my Milner didn't look fit to when Alden just looked a bit off it. Like you're allowed to have a, a game where you don't play as well as you do against Arsenal.
4: I think what, I think, Do we have to like face the like inevitable that he is like thirty three?
1: Well, and he's coming back from an injury there. You know, I, I I wondered if he's rushed him back because for me, he just didn't look... He just couldn't get to grips with the game. In the same way, by the way, and you just said there, Ali33, Ali David Silver couldn't get to grips with the game. The game was passing David Silver by, like, nobody's business. I, mean, I turned to someone on 35 minutes and went, is Silver playing? Because he was just nowhere near that. I couldn't say, like, not in a comic way, I was... Did yeah. th- 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 I read their team wrong?
5: The thing is, though, you've got... If he's, he is 33 yeah, that's fine. But put a, so build him midf- put him into a midfield that suits that game and so that suits him playing in that game because he, he's he's, val- he's a valuable asset in that game and I think him and Aldum with a Fabinho or Wynaldum and Henderson with a Fabinho but putting the three of them in there I think it just it negates us so much because
2: what City did was it, where in the past we've been able to target Fernandinho they had Bernardo Silva looking after Fernandinho oh and yeah Bernardo Silva had a brilliant game so. If the problem w- with us picking Fabinho was what happened at Arsenal, we could couldn't we do similar? Couldn't we say that, that Fabinho is now offering us loads more? So we're gonna we, we're gonna we're gonna do something which enables us to to protect what 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 he's offering and and you know his his slightly slower turning capacity and things like that. Um,
1: I mean, especially having seen how good he was when he came on. I, hope, yeah. I think I, I thought I thought
2: he yeah,
4: absolutely made such a difference. Yeah,
1: um, Lizzie, there's. The other thing to say, though, is, you know, Ali said before about them ganging up on Trent, effectively putting three or four over there, over trying to overload him. But the quality on display from both sides, last season when we beat them 3-0 in the Champions League, I remember saying after that game, you know, Sane had a 9 out of 10 game and Trent had a 10 out of 10 game and and it felt great. I thought that, you know, both sides you got to see, you know, I thought Sane was really good for them, Fernandinho was really good for them, Aguero stood up and was counted, company stood up and was counted, whether or not he should have been on the pitch. He still plays well when he's on there. But I thought you got to see that quality. Our goal, for instance, is a brilliant, brilliant passage of football. You did get to see the quality on display from both teams.
3: Yeah, I've heard this term being like, uh, used a couple of times, but I really do think it was a game of margins and, and they edged it. And I think it, it's hard to, to argue with, with the results because they, both finishes were absolutely excellent by them. But like you said, our goal was great as well. And... We we can look at the 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 Mane chance in the first half and and you know look at what what would have happened if we scored first and that early could we have unlocked them? I'm not too sure. Like you could see what they were doing, I think with Lawren as well. And it was it was like a bit of a tag team on Lawren and, and Trent, really, like pulling them both out of position. And there always seemed to be two men on them. And because like Hallie said, they know that we play off from the back. We we seen them doing it as well. By the way, I've never seen John Stones play so deep. He literally was like on with the goal. Um, we we do it similar, but he, he was very clever. He, he just had them sort of impacts, and I think you said on the post match show, Neil, and it was it was just a really interesting point about this broken team, how it was sort of like he, he went right back for you're doing this midfield, you're doing this attack, you're doing this, and it didn't really seem to not not that they had to work with each other. They were all doing their own jobs, yep. and I think Bernardo Silva and Fernandinho were outstanding, and. Trent, he didn't have his best game, but again, who'd you pick in that position? Because there's no Gomez, isn't fit. Lovren didn't have a great game, but who, who'd you pick? Because nobody else is fit. They were the only options, and it just so happened that they didn't really turn up on the night.
5: I feel it, I think it's a little bit harsh on Trent, but they're saying he, he didn't he didn't have his great game, and that's right. But you got to I think you've got to remedy that by saying. They've overloaded him with some of the best players in the world. So yeah. you, yeah. you know he's not he's not getting he's not getting bombed on by Jonathan Walters and Seamus Coleman. He's getting he's getting it by Sane. He's getting it by Sterling and he's got David Silva on his game or not playing the ball into them The pick and passes, which are, the millimeter perfect, are not even inch perfect. and he, I think it's I thought he dealt with it okay all night, and I think you put a centre half as good as Van Dijk next to him. His level would be raised by 10%, the same way Andy Robertson's was raised by 10% by Evan Van Dijk. Having Lovren there and a Lovren on an off game makes all the difference because that our defence moves as a unit and it's brilliant at what it does. It goes across the pitch as a unit and it steps out as a unit. And that second goal was caused last night because Lovren was a second too slow. Now listen, that can happen, especially in a game as fast as that. So <clears throat> I think Trent is... Uh, people are looking for an issue with the team and I don't think Trent is it. I think the issue was... It's more Lovren, but I don't. I don't feel Lovren's an issue. Is what I'm trying to say.
1: Is there something in Adam the Lovren yellow in that this is why mm. for me, you know, and I don't like talking about referees on the whole, um, even Taylor but there is a problem for me where for instance both I think Lizzie's gone out of her way there to praise Fernandinho and Bernardo Silva but as far as I'm concerned both of them should have been on a booking by half time at the very 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 latest when Bernardo Silva got his yellow I was stunned he hadn't already been booked again I was like you know one of those things when you're in a ground and you don't have all the facts in front of you and I was like surely he's been yellow card transpires he hasn't you know Yellow cards do change things, and I think Lovren has to play a lot of that game on a yellow card. Because, and also, to be fair to him, because he's making up for someone else's error. That was it, a brilliant yellow card to take to so give him the credit. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. a brilliant Definitely. yellow card to take. But when he's on it, then he's on it for seventy-five minutes or so, and I think that did have an impact. There was
4: yeah, a, the timing of it. The, the The decision to take it was right. The timing of it was deeply unfortunate. Yeah,
2: yeah. and it does, and it does affect him. Um, and I think <clears throat> that that was. It may it may have been the yellow card. It may have been Aguero scoring, but I thought second half he was poor. I do, and 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 it wasn't so much. It, it, I've heard him getting you know real uh, sort of really slaughtered for for the goal, which I just thought Aguero's is brilliant. You know, Salah could do that, and we wouldn't be talking about the defender. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and and, and I do I, I do think that 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 as the game wore on, he was just getting worse and worse, and I wonder whether it's uh, it was his head again, you know, whether whether his head had slightly gone. Um, you know, it, it, he should, they should score. He passes it straight to Sterling, and and they should score. Uh, yeah, and and they. Even, and it might be just because the abiding memory is the very last thing he does in the game, which is that awful straight ball to Virgil right at the end yeah. when Allison's oh. passed it to him because he's saying Allison's giving him that ball because he's saying we're not hoofing this, so I'm just passing it to you. And he
5: hoofs it, yeah. straight. <laughs> it's the most Dejan Lovren thing I've oh, ever heard that is actually, an, yeah. I, do you know what you might be like there It is. It might be going but I think it might be a little bit of an accumulation because if you look at that Arsenal goal the other day it was his ball now, which was slightly under hit now anyone can under hit a ball yeah. but then to follow up with another performance like that that's the problem with Lovren he can be, he can be brilliant for a
1: long time but you're always waiting for an issue um, Alison you said before about 11 millimetres making a difference I think the other thing that really helps them is I mentioned with timing around the Lovren thing timing around for instance with uh, their yellow cards timing around how late they begin to accrue some yellow cards mm. and there's also a timing of the goals The both goals couldn't come at better times for city and than- we scored too early too yeah we should, if we'd scored if, at 70 we could have yeah, held on
4: yeah it was oh it was a classic wasn't it like before half time the the, ta- the timing of the goals was did fall wrongly for us um and yeah, I think we'll all spend a bit of time thinking about the 11 millimetres and what could have been. But in the end, my... I suppose my analysis of it is, like, we've got to... You've got you've got to deal with situations like that, that, of course, City going into the dressing room at half-time, you know, bouncing is difficult. But, like, we've got we've got the rest of the league in which to work out how to deal with teams who score just before half time I mean this is that, in the sense this is like the basics of football isn't it
1: well there's something in though, I think, Adam, that it works for them, the time and because this is we me and you have been on City Watch for a while. And for instance, yeah. they score quite early against Leicester and then they don't get to half time. They don't get to half time ahead. The same thing happens to them against Palace, they score quite early, they don't get to half time ahead. They yeah. score so close to half time that they and they actually don't try and do that much. They have a little bit of a flurry, and then they're playing for can we just get the break now? Yeah. That's interesting. And then the other second is in in the ascendancy? And I was looking at them, thinking they're they're on the verge of being on the knees here. They've got nothing left in the tank, and then they get the goal that gives them everything to hang on to.
2: Yeah, and and I suppose that's why I'm I'm kind of I still I can't quite decide how 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 critical to be because because I've watched City, I've watched every game for the last sort of couple of months. I think I feel like. Um, And I was I was counting down the seconds till half an hour because I'm like in half after half an hour this city team are tired but we we kind of didn't I think maybe they were just playing differently anyway last night to, to how they normally play what they were nowhere near as dominant in that first half hour as they usually are anyway. Um, so yeah the, the fact that they score in the in in the, the time of the game where I thought we were gonna score um that, that was you know it was it was a, it was a psychological blow and the second goal yeah I mean I, I just think we we score too early it was almost like um celebrations cut short for me not really but like you know the, the, as soon as, as soon as you sit back down it's like oh god there's ages left and it was a very it was it, the game seemed like it lasted about 10 hours anyway it was one of them um uh, their second goal. Another thing I'd say is that that's that that I think is probably a goal that we've seen before this season. Anyway, we, um, it reminded me of Hazard's goal, um, and it reminded me of of, um, of PSG's second as well. Especially in the PSG second thing, where, where we where you, as you say we we're, we're on the ascendancy at the time, um, and it's uh, and it's that breakdown down our down down our right. Yeah. Um. Yeah so, so even though we are in the in in the
1: ascendancy it's I I just think we're trying to force it at that point I think I think we're trying to force it after we score. It's a fine line that though, and that's a Fabinho thing where you know do you want him to come on and be the player that Kev's talking about there, where he comes on and he I says, "Right, t- this is the way we're playing now." But you know that can look, I think that can look like, "Oh, well, you're forcing it now." Well, that's sort of what it's, you it, want, isn't it? Yeah. It's kind of what you want, but like I, I mean, <laughs> what, if, if, I, if I'm if I'm i margins Adam. <laughs> but if I'm going to define, it, if I'm going to
2: be precise, I think it's uh, when we looked like we were forcing it. I think it's Shakiris too deep. Um Shakiri's not not uh, you know popping it off to Salah in that sort of one two position on the edge of the box he's 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 yeah, really deep and why he's...
4: why do you think that happens though because like Firmino comes on with like a clear sense of like i have instructions yeah. i am sorting this now and like but it just doesn't work
2: i think shaki Shakiri is always where the action is i think and 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 the action for us is never is never quite as high up the pitch as it as we'd like it to be um uh, yeah, I don't know, I, I, and and it's one of them. I'm, I'm, to be honest, I didn't, I didn't think, I wasn't thinking. Get Shakiri on earlier. That, in fact, I said get Shakiri on just before it showed him coming on. Yeah. It, it showed him stripping off. So, so it's, 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 it's not. I'm not going to have the time that want to say he should have come on earlier, but you
1: know, there's something in Lizzie. I think a lot of people expected a free-flowing football match, chances at both ends, all that sort of stuff. This is not two games back to back we've had with City where that hasn't been the case. And I think there's something in. I was talking in the car, I think, on the way back, Bournemouth Watford at the weekend, where it's 3 3 at half time, and then it finishes 3 3. And the reason why is both managers get them in at half time and say, This stops. Can this <laughs> stop, please? I do not want more of this. And they do things to stop that from happening, and that's at the level of the Bournemouth Watford game. But I think that's what we're seeing now in these fixtures that Klopp and Guardiola, over the long term, in training, I, don't, I suspect City have probably never done as much work on shape out of possession. Um, for a specific for a specific side as they've done around us but twice this season yeah. it's been unbelievable the amount of work that they must have done to keep that shape the way they have and it's like the managers can I not have chaos can I have chaos out of my lives and you could see towards the end of the game Guardiola's head was absolutely gone and I think that again is I've, testament I've, to what we've done I've, I've, I thought he was going to get sent
3: to the stands Hey, I, I wish he, he did I think um, he was wasting time I did yeah I had no idea what was going on because um, Sky was showing a million and one thing so we, we really didn't have a clue what was going on but
4: um, and neither did the comment who like no. had all the things to say but zero information?
3: Um, Pep, Pep said I I'd gone a little bit, um, and I think I think that moment though just quickly on Pep shows how much that game really meant to him, and it was, you know, Liverpool have had their number, you know, the last couple of times, and and you could you could see it in his reactions and the way he was acting. Uh, what what you were saying there? It's like a level of safety, isn't it? Um, where they don't want chaos, uh, they don't want. They don't want anything to be unpredictable, but I I think you've got to give credit to both sides by saying the managers don't want chaos, but that's because they're both so respectful of the quality in both sides. Where Klopp has played that midfield three and played played the side that he did in the hope that they they can stay solid against arguably the best team in the league or one of the best in Europe, and then Pep's is his side to not absolutely. Helps us because their front three is 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 one of the best in Europe. So I think it's it comes from you know looking at the both sides, realizing the quality within both with uh, with both teams. No, you don't want chaos. And the thing is, I thought that game was actually really, really unbelievable to watch. I haven't seen a game at that pace for ninety minutes for I don't know how long.
1: There's something in Kev. I think firstly we made them I think the extent to which they became normal is a real thing to take from the game they, they dealt with that like a normal big team deals with a big game I think that's massive from a Liverpool point of view that that's what they're doing also the extent to which they had to extend themselves it's a shame there's the FA Cup game next from the it's, I think it's good for us obviously but I think from their point of view I'd love them to have a league game at the weekend and have to try to deal with the, the physical yeah. aftermath of it but my thing it's here, is it's a shame that, they got Burton in the two-legged semi as well as I, know, <laughs> I know I uh, know but it was only a title decided if, if we won you know, it was the only way it's going to feel like a title decider, and they put everything on the line. And I think that's—I think that this tells that story. They had everything on the line. They were all in. They could do no more.
5: Yeah, hundred percent. And I think going back to what we were saying there about how good they are out of possession against us now, and how the games have gone from being chaos to being really controlled. I think what you're seeing there is two very good teams becoming two excellent teams. You're not going to have games of absolute end-to-end chaos when your teams are as good as they are anymore, when, when we were playing them and there was like 3 nils and 4 threes and that going off, they're coming more from the fact that it's two teams that are very much set up to attack and don't really know how to control a game, now you, you're looking at two teams who not understand that to win the league they're probably going to have to win 30 games probably more, 32 games so they know they can't go all out and they can't be winning the games against Watford 3-2, they've got to beat Watford 3-0 so they can keep the, the juice in the tank so I think we listen Guardiola's done a great job with them there but what I'd say is he couldn't win the league last night we possibly could have as you say he couldn't and we don't have to play them again now so he can be as as fantastic out of possession as he wants now. but the thing is he's going to be in possession for the rest of the season but as long as we win our games it's not going to matter do you you think the, just a question to the room. So, Caught
1: do, do loose.
2: Yes, Adam. Do you think? <laughs> so, I think. I think. Well, I think the disappointment I'm feeling is a little bit like the disappointment <laughs> I have felt a few times after watching us lose finals. And I, and, and I, the things that we talk about in those in those cases, it remind me it reminded me a little bit of one of them because I think that City won the fight and they won the snide and they won the leadership. Only only marginally, probably, with on, on, on the leadership. And I just think that we're we are are, are, are we still in that are we still in that position where where we're kind of in these in in these biggest of of, of fixtures going to kind of come up short in those
1: areas.
4: So one one thing that I think we haven't talked about, which which is really important, is where it was. So you know, oh yeah, I'm the grass. I was going to talk about the grass. I
2: was going to also talk about grass and luck because because not just the the, the eleven millimeters, but the, there was some goal mouth scrambles there. In fact, goal mouth scrambles and a diving header. It was so, it was weird. That.
4: <laughs> so so to to go to someone else's ground yeah. and be the team in the lead takes an incredible amount of hotspot and Liverpool will do that at some point. Like. They are definitely heading in that direction, but I think not being there yet, I think not walking into the Etihad mm. and being the team with the most kind of bravado is completely fine. Like at some point we will do that, but not doing it yet is fine.
2: Because we've got Old Trafford to come, you see, and like we've got a worse record at Old Trafford than we do at the
5: Etihad. If he's like Everton against us doesn't he, mm. us yeah. we yeah. so, still
3: got. We still got. I know it's Everton, but we've still got. The, the oh we're let they're absolutely <laughs> shy. <shows. laughs> but no I, I think what you said about um, I'm worried we're
2: going to get them in the cup again I Old, hope we do Old
3: Trafford is is, is is tough and I think it this next week or two is going to be really crucial for Liverpool because I've thought throughout the whole season uh, the difference with this team is its mentality and I feel like You know, if there's a mistake made, and and I'm I'm talking about in individual games as well. So if there's a mistake made in the, I don't know, let's say 40th minute, some, you know, concede a goal. I feel like at at no point is this team's head's going to go. Yeah. They're going to collect and that they'll they'll get back in it. And I wonder now. I just hope. I'm really interested to see what Klopp is, is is saying and doing to these players to get them. Back into another unbeaten run, basically.
1: Post match, dead interest. And by the way, I could write a thousand words on the grass. It's unbelievable that Man really City's long, pitch for when yeah. we go there is like that. It's unbelievable that Man City have let their pitch go like that.
5: Well, I, I, I was in the 30s, so I, I, I'm not here. This is it, all news to me. the first to time, to
2: score with the, grass. the first time the ball went to Allison, it almost gets stuck under his feet, and that was happening the whole first half. Yeah. I thought they got used to it a lot quicker than we well, did. Well, they would plan. planned for they, it. They, they must have planned for it, and that that was a rub of the green thing. They got the rub of the green all night, and it was literally because mm-hmm. the green was. was Really long.
1: Yeah, the we grass was, really was wrong. the grass was really long. The pitch was cutting up. The grass was really long. They basically were trying to stop us from passing quickly. Yeah. we went to Man City and they they built a pitch to stop us from passing quickly the best he could, which is you know again is testament to it. Um, the other thing which I was about to say as well was you know on the post match, uh, I don't know if you saw it. Henderson went to every single one of our lads, made a point of going to all of them. I was in the faces post match, every single one of them. And uh, Robertson came over to the away end and made it very clear who he thinks is going to win the Premier League. Oh, I, I, to be fair I didn't we were, all, we were on our way out by now but honestly, on our way out by 60 probably <laughs> no to, to be fair we did,
5: we, we, did, we did stay till the end we did, we did stay till the end but again I think all uh, there's a lot of like, defeatist statute going on I think we're, we're top of the league we've got we've got a four point lead over the great Man City team who have just ex- listened, they've exerted themselves against us they, but they had to win that game to stay in the, the, the hunt but now they don't play us again so they can't take any more points yep. off us we only play teams now that are not as good as Man City and we've beat everybody else. So it's, a, it's our least illusion and we won't.
1: Excellent stuff. Uh, bang into that. Matt Jones, Chris Williams, Max Rushton coming up. That's the order. And then we'll be back and have a big chat about Wolves. Joined by Matt Jones to talk about his excellent book about Tramir's season, where they came got themselves up from the National League and in back into playing Football League football.
0: Matt tells the title of the book and tell us what it's about other than just that journey. <laughs> it's called Back Where We Belong. And uh, basically... It's just the story of Tranmere's three years in non-league football. There is a story to tell there because they had just so suddenly sunk down the leagues. I think it had been coming for a while. Uh, but it was eventually going to happen and in 2015 it did happen. They sunk into uh, the National League for the first time in their history. So this book just tells uh, the story of the most important moments from those three seasons but also a bit of the backstory of, of why well, they ended up there.
1: It tells the story of cultures, doesn't it? It's about the the culture that led to them being defeated, led to them sinking in the first place and how Mark and Nicola Pallios have managed to shift that culture, shift that mindset right the way through the whole club. Had to make some big decisions in doing it but got the club back.
0: Yeah, had to make some huge decisions. One of them was bringing and Mickey Adams in in the first place and he unfortunately oversaw that relegation out of the Football League in 2015. Gary Brabin was the man to come in and replace him and then they had the huge decision to make about 15 months later of sacking Gary Brabin, despite the fact that Trammer had won six of their first seven games. They then had a little bit of a blip and they thought... A change needs to be made there, and, and Mickey Mellon came in, and, and the rest is history. The
1: playoffs, obviously, last season is the the key moment. I mean, it was a spectacular playoff final. It's one of the reasons why I think it's it, the, to come on talk about the cup game, uh, the home cup game on Friday night. It's interesting because these Tramier players have really demonstrated, I think, that they can cope under unbelievable pressure. To so have gone down to ten men that early in a game and got the result that they got when everyone would have thought the world's against us here, it shows there's some real character in this team. I think.
0: Yeah, and I think the three years before that helped as well because they went into literally every match they played for three years expected to win by pretty much everyone yep. outside of uh, that game. So all the footballing world will be looking in and going, Tranmere against Geisley, Tranmere against North Ferriby, Tranmere against Maidstone, Tranmere should be winning this 3 or 4 nil and, and that expectation, it was hard to deal with for the first year and I think a few players especially those who'd come down with the club, took a little bit of time to wrap their head around how they dealt with that. But then they come to the playoffs and having lost the year before to Forest Green certainly helped them going into this one. Uh, but they had Ebbsfleet first in the semi-final and they were 2-1 and 1-0 down in that game and turned it around and won 4-2 in what is honestly the most energy-sapping game of football I've ever watched in my life, more so than the playoff final. I was actually physically tired coming away from that game. <laughs> uh, put so much emotion into it. And then you come to the final against Boreham Wood and 48 seconds in, Liam Rydalsh, who was part of the team that got relegated from League One, let alone League Two, clatters through Ricky Shakes and gets sent off and you just think, here we go. And thankfully, Andy Cook gets a booming header in the first half. They equalise Boreham Wood moments before the half-time whistle with Tranmere having already made three substitutes one of them for the sending off one of them for an injury and the other one because Mickey Mellon needed to put some more defensive options on the pitch because he felt the right winger who by the way had been hit by a bottle thrown from the crowd yep. just wasn't doing enough defensive work on that right-hand side so all three subs had been made Boreham would equalise in the 47th minute 49th minute I think it was given the injury time added on but Tranmere managed to pick themselves up from that and, and James Norwood scored that header
1: Norwood's fascinating he's, uh, he's one of the top scorers in the whole country at this stage again back to the idea of Friday this is a footballer now who you know he scored on that enormous occasion he'd come up he's he's really not rested on his laurels he scored a ton of goals for Tramia this season he seems like you know in that lineage of proper Tramia goal scorers that we can remember going back to Ian Muir obviously John Aldridge Liverpool supporters will know about him Kenny Irons footballers who you know growing up I remember what seem like real footballers for the big occasions and Norwood appears to be one of them
0: I'll give you a stat about Norway. He scored 18 goals in the calendar year. Uh, sorry, in the this season. In the calendar year, he scored 32 goals for Tranmere. That's the seventh best return of any Tranmere player in their history ever. Aldo was one of the players to do better. Ian Muir was one of those to do better as well. But yeah, he just seems to get better and better. He, he came to the club. He'd not played too much as a centre-forward over the last few years because he'd been at Forest Green. But he just... Loved the life here. He he loves living on Merseyside, having been down in the south all his life. He loves the team ethic at Tranmere. And he's really bonded with the fans, the players, the manager, and he's got better and better and better. And in his first season, he'd be the first to admit, in his second season as well, he missed too many one-on-ones. And something over the last 18 months has just clicked. And uh, he's taken it from there. And to get 18 goals in your first season in the Football League, it's just a remarkable return, isn't it? It is just
1: a fantastic return. It shows, I think, it shows that he is he's, he's took to it, you know. And at the minute, Tramir there's it's a strange thing. Currently, top of uh, of League Two, a Lincoln, and they came up not last season, but the season before. They beat
0: us to the title.
1: Yep, and they look like and they got they went quite far in the FA Cup as well. They look like a good side, but they've it took one year for them to acclimatise, one year to kick on. Tramir at the minute sits, you know, the only six points off the automatic promotion places, four points off the the playoff places at the minute. This is a really good side, isn't it? It's going to be a tough game for Tottenham, and they're going to. Trammy's
0: best team. Yeah, I hope it will be a tough game for Spurs because. It's going to be a sellout occasion at Prenton Park. Tranmere haven't had that since the Liverpool game, actually, in 2001, the FA Cup, which uh, Liverpool won 4-2 in the quarterfinals. So there's going to be a big crowd there. They're going to be expectant and they're going to want to see Tranmere put in a big occasion. And Anyone who's listening to this, if you've been to Prenton Park on a Friday night, you know there's just something special about it. I don't know what it is, but under the floodlights on a Friday night, Tranmere just seem to excel themselves. And Spurs can't underestimate this. Spurs came uh, to or went to Newport. They went to Rochdale last season and... uh, They didn't perform above themselves or even they didn't perform within themselves. They were that poor in both of them, but just managed to scrape through. So will it be third time lucky for them in terms of putting in a big performance or will it be third time unlucky in fact that they actually get knocked out? Well, there's no reason why Tranmere can't cause an upset. The the team ethic that they've got, the team Bond knows to never give up. And when you've got someone like James Nord in the form that he is, you can get a goal from anywhere.
1: It's been a criticised kick off time. Um, I always think that's you know what are you criticising? You criticising the lack of public transport that there is at times. You know what I mean? It's I understand the idea that it's difficult on a Friday night to get London up to here and back. But the flip side of that is well, that's the, that's a conversation about our trains. But putting that to one side for a second, there is a there's a conversation, isn't it, about what you've just said there that it's it's a nostalgic kick-off time it's a powerful kick-off time i'd say for for tramier overs this is this is almost to me and maybe it's growing up here but this is this is the time Tramier kick off when they're really good. If you know what I mean, and I think that'll be the that'll be the atmosphere, the electricity that's going around Prenton Park.
0: In the eighties, in the nineties, under Johnny King, it's when they excelled. Dave Russell first brought it in in the seventies, I think it was, to avoid kicking off at the same time as Liverpool and Everton, so that more Wirral-based Liverpool and Everton fans would come to Tramier on a Friday night, and it works. Unfortunately, not many teams want to do it now because they know how much of an <laughs> advantage it actually gives Tramier. But some of my favourite matches having been to watch Tramier at certainly night games, but Friday nights as well. There was a, a one win over Macclesfield this season on a Friday night first time they've been Friday night football in years and and Pretton Park was booming that night there's one game that always springs out to me and that was a 1-0 win over Bristol City going back to the Ronnie Moore days 2006-07 season I think it would have been and uh, John Mullen scored in like the 80th minute and looking back now, it's an absolute nothing game. It meant nothing in the context of the league eventually, but it put Tranmere top of the table at that time. And, and you just felt that something special was about to happen. And it was one of those Friday night occasions where Tranmere really rose to it. So hopefully they do the same again. Older listeners will remember a 5-2 win over West Ham under Johnny King and a 93, 94, sometime around then West Ham had a star-studded side and and I was too young to have been there but it's a game that stands out for a lot of fans
1: Um, People can buy the book before the match in the club shop?
0: Uh, They can, it's still on sale in the club shop so it's called Back Where We Belong it's got interviews with uh, Mickey Mellon, Gary Brabin Mark Palios, James Nord who scored the goal and uh, Ben Harrison from the Supporters Trust it's 12 quid. alternatively you can go to my website uh, mattjones90.wordpress.com I'll get it posted out to you as well
1: and uh, very very quickly prediction Friday night uh,
0: I'm going to be positive and uh, I'm, I can't see Trammer keeping a clean sheet so let's go for a 2-1 win 2-1 win excellent 88
1: minute winner uh, whatever everyone <laughs> wants at friend Park uh, be absolutely fantastic stuff we'll all be tuning in and watching it hoping Trammer do very well thanks very much to Matt It's your Reds betting certainly Al Atkinson and Craig Hannon
6: with you this week how are you? I'm good, yeah. In yourself. We haven't a lot of time to talk today, have we? I know we haven't no. Um, you know, I'm 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 still buoyant after after the result. I'm, um you know, the Reds are four points clear. It's January. We've got a title running to look forward to. Well the Reds are on
1: Reds bet. Uh 10-11, to 11. Oh, and by the way, uh, Reds Bet's partnering with the Anfield Rap. Uh, really pleased to have them on board. Uh, if you don't gamble, that's fine. It's not for you. Uh, if it is for you, think about going with Reds Bet and select the cause that you want to support through them um, and always be gamble-aware. Uh, responsible gambling is very, very important. Yeah, so on Reds Bet, um, Liverpool uh, to win the Premier League 10-11. to 11.
6: I think that just goes to show that this is a really good Liverpool side, uh, and this is, you know, we are still firmly in the driving seat in no the matter. Whether um, we were beaten last night, uh, you know, this is this is Liverpool side that have what it takes, and, um, you know, I, I, I'm not going to say expect us win the Premier League, but, um, I really do still believe we will. Um, it's I, ex- sort of, I, I expect us to be. Right in there at the end of April.
1: Yeah. And my thing is that's a perfectly reasonable expectation, but it's also the most Manchester City can expect. The most Manchester City can ask for is to be banging in at the end of April. If you know what I mean? And that's the extent to which like the match, everything around, it's like, if I say it's brought them down to our level or maybe it's raised us to theirs, or I think there's actually a little bit of both. They went from looking like football superhumans who'd never be stopped about 12 months ago when they were, they they were winning every single week and all that sort of stuff. And now they look like, A really, really good team, but just another footy team, and that won't always be the case because they've got some phenomenal players. But they they look like just they look like a really boss footy team, but just like a normal one, not like the super soldier sent from the future to kill us all.
6: And yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think it is a little bit of both. I think, but I think predominantly it's the fact that they're four points behind another really good football team this exactly. season, uh, and not just up there on their own. And um, that is a completely different challenge for them. Um, look, it still is still it's still a it's still a big ask to ask of them um, now that they are four points behind us, and you know our run of fixtures as well over the next. Few weeks is is fairly kind. Um, I would say it's fairly kind up until maybe the end of February when we play United. So um, look, it's how Liverpool points back now, and 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 I fully expect them to bounce back in 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 a, in a positive way. Um, Virgil van Dijk, Player of the Year, even money.
1: It's, even uh, money. I mean, I'm, I'm not so much. I'm not even recommending that as a bet to anybody. But
6: he's even money to be Player of the Year a centre half. In January, is even money to be Player of the Year. I'm, I'm honestly not even surprised because I think that um, it's not just what he does in the pitch; it's the influence that he's had um, across the whole of the team, and and that's that's influenced the position that Liverpool are in now compared to the p- position that they were uh, when he came into the club. So it would not surprise me in the slightest. I think even when you're you're picking apart last night's game and you're looking at the players who played well and who played didn't, it's a common theme that even if you're looking around the team and thinking, well, you know, he wasn't really at it and he wasn't really at it. It's always Virgil van Dijk was brilliant tonight again. Um, and Um And I think we just come to expect that from him every single game, don't we? So it just wouldn't surprise me. I wouldn't be, uh, even money, they wouldn't be betting on it. That's one for the start of the season, I think, but um easy in hindsight now, Neil, isn't it? It is easy in hindsight now. Um There's lots of Daniel Sturridge to score against Wolves gear on Reds bet. It's like they've, like they've hit our target market, you and I, mate. <laughs> I was about um, to say, they've got the right boys here. Look, I I think every time I see Daniel Sturridge in the starting lineup, I'm almost certain about 90% of the time I bet on him doing first goal score because it just no matter whether it's you know the Daniel Sturge of 13-14 whether it's um you know whether it's not whether it's the the one that we're seeing now I still I still just have this faith and I think I'll forever have this faith in him to be the lad that scores the goal uh, and especially in that kind of game as well
1: it's what he does it's who he, he is, is. Uh, yeah score first or last goal against Wolves 2-1 to one. Uh, to score two or more goals versus Wolves 9-1 to one. to score and we win 2-0, 2-1 or 3-1 6-1 there's a lot of Daniel Sturridge sticking it. Daniel Sturridge to score, Liverpool to win, both teams to score, eleven to two. Daniel Sturridge getting the ball and putting it in the back of the net, which is the greatest <laughs> sight in football. It, uh, is. it is the
6: greatest sight in football. <laughs> it
1: shows that humanity can triumph against all the odds.
6: <laughs> I mean, don't ever listen to me when it comes to betting. That's the first thing I would say. Absolutely. Uh, but um, yeah, I would I would always get on Daniel Sturridge to score a goal. So all of those sound good to me. Uh-oh. Uh, and then we'll talk about it on Tuesday, and we'll see that I wasn't right, and uh, hopefully he didn't listen to me. Uh, possibly. Oh, we'll talk, about, we'll talk about it on Tuesday, and we'll all fall back in love with Daniel one more time because that's what he does.
1: Uh, uh, that's what he does. Uh, magnificent man. When he came on last night, I was like, "Oh, here we are." I know, and he could just couldn't quite get on it in the right area. But I really was like, there was a point where I was like, "Why aren't they just giving it to Daniel?" Genuinely, why? They, why? You know, I know Mo Salah's like the best player in the world, and that, and that's fine. But right now, this just needs a bit of someone passing to Daniel Sturridge please
6: and uh, i think that's... I, I, I was like a kid i think that's my problem with it. my love of him i can never see it's, it there's a blur between irrational and rational love of him is it is that a, a rational thought can he just get it and 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 change it like he did against chelsea or or whatever and, I, and and i can never quite work that out and i think that well that that just means that i am absolutely in love with that footballer but that's Perfect. Or the idea
1: of that footballer. I think both is fine. A yeah. uh, wonderful man. Uh, I'm not just talking about Craig Cannon. <laughs> Reds better uh, share the glory of our partners with the Anfield feel like very pleased to have them with us, uh, as discussed in the past. Um, but as I say, if it isn't for you, it isn't for you. And we'll get back on with the weekend there.
7: And we're now joined by Chris Williams, who's a journalist who writes for, well, about the Bundesliga and also the Premier League. And has just written something interested about Pulisic this week. So, well, it's about Pulisic and the wider Dortmund kind of situation. So, first of all, hi, Chris. Nice to speak to you.
8: Hello, yeah, nice to speak to you. Hope you're well. Um, I
7: think, I mean, the main thing that comes out of the article for me is the idea of a reinforcement of Dortmund as, as great sellers, if you like, and, and not just kind of great sellers in terms of how much money they might manage to make from transfers, which always seems to be a lot. It always seems to be the maximum what they can possibly do, but also how the timing always seems to suit them as well. And um, they've got them... You know the, the the idea that the money's agreed, but it's next summer, and it's 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 all very clever, isn't it?
8: Yeah, it is, and it it just underlines the way Dortmund have done business for their last few seasons. I mean, if you think back to the last time they won the trophy, which was twenty seventeen, the DFB Pokal, so the German FA Cup equivalent. You know, they had a fantastic team managed by Thomas Tuchel. Uh, they had Dembele, Pulisic, and Yank up front. Um, and it looked like that was going to be the way they were going to play for the next few years. And inside two years now, every one of those players has gone. OK, Pulisic is back on loan for a bit, but he's well outside to start in eleven. But they've got rid of what is arguably a fantastic manager, three exceptionally good players and still they're top of the league. And they look like, unless there's going to be a massive collapse, they look like they're going to be the first team to win the Bundesliga title apart from Bayern Munich for the last six seasons.
7: Yeah, which is which is incredible, really. And you mentioned the, the the sort of manager there as well, and that's almost you know as impressive as any of the players in this kind of dormant continue, you know, kind of story of uh, you know continued kind of not maybe not success, but but kind of high levels of performance. In that, if you look at Liverpool for example, you know it all looks very rosy at the moment in terms of on and off the pitch. But you'd worry a bit if Jurgen Klopp left, if, if if we're kind of you know all honest, or, you know who 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 would replace him and how would they fit in? Whereas the dormant structure always seems kind of so solid. that it, I mean, I wouldn't say it doesn't matter who's, who manages them because that's a you know a disrespect to, to the excellent managers that they've had. But, you know, it doesn't seem to derail them at all.
8: No, I mean, they, obviously they did have a terrible season after Tuka left. They got um, Peter Bosch in from... Um, Ajax who flopped and he was soon replaced by Peter Stoga who um, left Cologne and they were eventually relegated so they did have a horrendous season but eventually got in the man they wanted which is Lucien Favre um, he was contractually unavailable when they wanted him he was at Nice and couldn't leave so they waited 12 months went back in for him and um, and yeah he just completely transformed the way they play football back to an exciting brand uh, it's not the same as they had under Klopp but it's pretty damn close you yeah. know it's not as high pressing but it is just as exciting but I mean, you could almost say the same thing about Liverpool if you would have said back in, to, you know, 2013, 14, Rodgers is going to leave, Coutinho will go, Suarez will leave, and Gerrard will all be gone in two and a bit years. But Liverpool will be top of the league. I think a lot of people would have laughed at that as well. So there is parallels between the two clubs. So I mean, back
7: onto Pulisic. Then he's he's not been playing quite as much as outsiders would have expected. I mean, when we were. In America, in in the summer, um, you know Pulisic was 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 almost the start start a tra- traction when Liverpool played Dortmund. There was a lot of American interest in him as you, as you could could imagine. Um, but he slipped a little bit down the the, the pe- down the pecking order this season, hasn't he? Which I guess makes it kind of you know even more impressive that the
8: defeat Dortmund have managed to get. Yeah, I mean, this is a phenomenal fee, really. If if you look at, um, I mean, his standout season was two thousand and sixteen, two thousand and seventeen. Now, the season after seventeen, eighteen, Dortmund had a shocker across the whole board, so you could almost forgive him for for playing under par on that. But since Favre has come in this season, everybody around him has raised the game, and he's pretty much plateaued now. You could probably read into that, that he wants a move. He's been talking about it for a while. So his head has probably been turned by the Premier League at some point, wants to go. So you've got to factor into that as well. But yeah, I mean, to get 64, 65 million um, Euros for a player who is essentially third choice is is a phenomenal bit of business and yeah he has slipped down a pecking order but I don't think anyone really expected Jaden Sancho to explode the way he's done this season. So he's kept him out. They've got Jakob Larsen, who's come back off loan and um, Dortmund player he's been out on loan. He's come back. Lucien Favre has trusted him. And then of course Marco Royce who's been you know dogged by injury for the last few seasons as all of a sudden his body seems a lot better. Um, Lucien Favre is managing him a lot better so you know those three players that are instantly pushing Pulisic out so I mean I think the case was that Dortmund were never going to let him go in the window as in this window let him leave because an injury to any of those three players and their title chance could come derailed a bit so um, they were always looking to get you know him if he was going to go he was going to go in the summer because he didn't want to sign a contract extension so I think they've done fantastic business they've got top price for him really I mean I personally don't, think he's a fantastic player, but I personally don't think he's worth that money for his football inability now. In two, three, four years, we don't know. But then there's also the marketing side of him. You know, He's, he's going to be a massive loss to the Bundesliga because they're trying to crack America currently. Um, and for Pulisic to leave, you know, there is other players coming through, Josh Sargent, etc. um, Tyler Adams, who's just gone to RB Leipzig. So there will be an American um, interest still, but Pulisic is the, is the big poster boy for the US national side
7: yeah he's i mean that that's obviously an attraction I would imagine to for for Chelsea as well who I'm sure have got interest kind of in the American market, but i mean he didn't kind of just sign players for the, for that i'm sure and and they must have to iron him you know starting kind of sooner sooner rather than later you thought but it's i mean it i guess it throws up interesting things about sort of youth development in, in different countries as well. And he's still only 20. And I noticed, well, there's been a lot of talk about um, Callum Hudson-Odoi at Chelsea. And, you know, is he getting enough games and what this kind of move means to him? And, I mean, Jordan Sancho is just, I guess, a, a walking, scoring example <laughs> of how they seem to kind of get it better in Germany. And you you do sort of wonder, I mean, I don't, I'm sort of against Chelsea's Pulisic move, but you do sort of wonder, well, you know would they be better concentrating on their own kind of 18 year olds and and turning them into kind of the next Pulisic rather than spending 60 million pounds on this one
8: well yeah you would think so and I mean if they if the latest rumors are true and um, hudson Odoi's off to Bayern Munich then you know they've developed a player there and, and he's going to go again so I mean although Chelsea would like to keep him maybe it's um, a bit of karma for them because they have wasted a lot of youth talent over the seasons I mean Pulisic arriving and then going immediately out on loan. And now that's part of the deal that got him there. But he's Chelsea's 41st player out on loan, which I think is crazy. If yeah. you're trying to bring youth players through an academy system, you know where eventually do they get the chance? Liverpool are quite lucky because you know they're giving players a chance. Um, Harry Wilson's out on loan. At some point, you'll imagine he'll come back and get a chance for Liverpool in the future. But I think if you're a Chelsea player and you're 18, 19, the managers they've had in the past... Um, and even the chairman, you could say, it's all yeah. about success now, now, now. They don't really want to develop. So, I mean, it's going to be, I mean, Pulisic is a fantastic player, but he's going to need adaption time. He's going to need development time. And whether he gets that from, well, from the Chelsea media, whether he gets that from Chelsea fans is is a different, you know, kettle of fish. We've seen ourselves that Nabi was brilliant in the Bundesliga. He's taking a little bit of time to adapt to the Premier League as well. And I'm not sure that um, Pulisic will get the time that he needs. I mean, we see what footballs like these days. Players have three bad games. All of a sudden, you know, there are a fraud in inverted comments, yeah. and he's going to need six, eight, 12 months to settle into the season. But paying all this money for him and if Hazard goes as well to Real Madrid at some point, then he's going to be thrown in at the deep end and he's going to need a lot of nurturing and whether he can get that from Chelsea, well, I'm not quite sure. I will just finish on the sort of the Liverpool connection
7: just before we go as, as it is It is a Liverpool podcasting. The idea is as soon as it um, as soon as it came out that he was going to Chelsea, there was the sort of inevitable kind of um, you know pieces that are, Liverpool were never in, particularly interested in, and and weren't weren't kind of serious and. You know, it's, it kind of, kind of always happens, really. It's the didn't didn't fancy her anyway kind of, um, (laughs) you know, situation. I mean, it's, it's, it's obviously not true that they weren't at least monitoring him. So do you, do you think that they've been put off by the fee or the fact that his, his career's kind of stalled a bit or, or his age
8: or, or a little bit of all three? I'm not sure whether his age would have would have bothered Liverpool, but definitely his, his form has been a concern. I mean, as I said previously, forget last season because the whole of Dortmund had a problem, but they've got a manager in who's playing a very exciting brand of football and he hasn't really been able to adapt to that. So if you factor in as well, we've all seen reports that Liverpool dropped their interest when Shakiri was in, uh, had come in, etc. Uh, did Liverpool really want to pay that money? And it is a lot of money. You know, the game's crazy with transfer fees at the minute, but... You know, the top end, 55, 56, 58 million pounds for a player who's not really going to break into your front three or your, you know, your attacking banker three if you're playing a 4-2-3-1 and he's going to be on the bench. That's a lot of money. But, you know, if he goes to Chelsea and in four or five seasons time, he becomes exceptional, then they've actually done quite well because it'll average out 10 million a season. And I think any team and any fan base would take that eventually for a player who steps up.
7: Certainly would. Okay, huge thanks to Chris for joining us. Uh, you can follow him at Chris seventy eight Williams on Twitter, and the links to his article there if you're interested in reading it. But yeah, thanks to Chris. And not sure exactly where we're going to yet. Might be me, might be Neil, but who knows? It's John Gibbons again. We have a lot of me on the weekend, but I'm joined by Lizzie Doyle and also, most importantly, our guest of honour, who's James McKay. And James is this week's uh, quiz player. It's in association with Football Flash. Football Flash are partnering us at the moment. We're really pleased. They've got involved. It's a group of Liverpool fans who've launched a new app, which tells you, well, everything you'd possibly want to know about any football team, but I've just got to set it up to give me all the Liverpool news if you... have got friends, though, who follow other teams, do tell them about it too, or if you're just interested in how... I don't know, Celtic are getting on as well. You can select them, but Football Flash does give you all your football news that you want straight to your phone from trusted sources um, and we and they help us with a quiz as well so that's very good of them and so you've got James McKay on who's from the top of Scotland he tells me well near the top anyway
6: yeah very top I very top
7: <laughs> good stuff so I think Lizzie tipped you off to say if you download the Football Flash app before you come on you'll probably get them all right
9: yeah I did not pick up on that hint at all <laughs>
3: Listen, I, I, I just sent
7: a hint. I didn't do any of the sauce, all so. right. Well, I'm sure you still do all right. Anyway, you sound like a knowledgeable guy, so we'll wait and see. Uh, we pick a different subscriber every week to take part in this, by the way. So if you do subscribe to the Anfield Wrap uh, and you're in the Facebook group, uh, keep an eye out and yeah, we pick someone. And you can win um, some Anfield Wrap merchandise, so you know, can't be bad. Um, so anyway, let's get going. The, the question number one is... Which former Barcelona midfielder is claimed Liverpool could go far in this year's Champions League? Mm. Uh, so he used to play for Barcelona. I think he's in Japan now, is he? I think so. Aniesta. Uh, Aniesta, there we are. One, one out of one. Solid start. <laughs> uh, okay, next up, James. Um, Jurgen Klopp has claimed which player is worth two players?
3: It was in his press conference yesterday.
5: Uh, i I dead good
7: looking (laughs) Think again The clue is he plays in one position A very specialised position (laughs) But he's good enough with other parts of his body To play in another position That almost sounded weird Uh, uh, There
3: we are, yeah He looks great in pink
7: (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah, it looks great in Pink uh, I'm going to have to slow down with these clues, I'm afraid, James But uh, but anyway, two from two uh, I've just got some t-shirts I want to get rid of, really uh, Anyway, uh, two Liverpool forwards have been linked with a loan move in January Who are they?
9: Links from leaving
7: the club Yeah, yeah, so two Liverpool forwards have been linked uh, with a loan move away in January um, Dominic Slanky Yeah uh, uh, Another one? M- good uh, No, it's Daniel Sturridge. Well, Daniel Sturridge is what I've got, what I've got in front of me. Uh, never mind, we're still going. Um, which rumoured Liverpool target has been offered a transfer ultimatum by RB Leipzig? He's a striker as well. Werner? Uh, yep, There yep. Very good, three out of four. Which Serie out manager has supposedly liked the tweet slagging off Jurgen Klopp?
3: And if you don't get the manager's uh, name, just say what team he's from. Uh
7: Snead rare. Snead? No, it's a legacy from you, Ventus I'm a bit worried about this. People getting onto your likes. Oh. Thing. I might have to. Uh, might have to be a bit more careful on it, Lizzie. What do you mean? Well, you know, if I like something, then, yeah. then, then it becomes a new story. It's
3: very public, yeah, you've got to be careful.
7: Yeah, I mean, I know I'm not quite as, as, as a big deal as uh, Allegri, but, you know, still.
3: So, I, so when you start liking tweets from James saying I'll snide my quizzes, <laughs> 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 i go at you. Three out of
7: five, come on, we're still going. Um, how many goals have Liverpool conceded in the league so far this season? Uh,
6: eight.
7: Correct. Yeah. Uh, which four mm. foot forward kicked off about a referee on Match of the Day last night? He's the oh, Walf- yeah, it's the Waffle forward who kicks off. Uh, it's his thing. Although oh, he, say, <laughs> oh, he says he says he Virgil smells nice. I d-
3: I think he looks like a very nice smelling man.
7: Virgil van Dijk, so yeah. So, uh, so really he's not all bad uh Troy. Um It was pretty off the Waffle game, wasn't it? it? Sounded mad. Uh anyway, I I digress. Uh, who scored twice for West Ham in their two all draw last night? Uh Marco Arnadovic. He did. Um what is the name of Southampton's manager? <laughs> I didn't know this. Did you not? No.
3: I just didn't know how to pronounce
7: God. it. <sighs>
3: Pushing for or uh, that's close. We're giving
7: it, give it, <laughs> Ralph Hassan Hustle. I've got in front of me here, um, or, or just yeah, Ralph, it was just that bad
9: connection,
7: huh? yeah. <laughs> <I did that. laughs> but it's just Ralph to his mates, okay? So you need <laughs> this last one, ref it, Ralph. <laughs> you need this last one for the merch. Um, I will, we're, we're deliberately vague on that. Um, which top six side did chame face on Friday in the FA Cup? I was going to say, we've talked a lot about it on this show, but then it isn't out, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> so, which top six side oh, wow. do Chandler face on Friday in the FA Cup? I mean, it's not Liverpool, is it? You've got five to pick from.
4: Uh,
9: <sighs> uh, cool. <laughs>
10: uh, there's not a time on that, is there?
7: Well, I mean, a little bit. We've all got places to go, but, you know. <laughs> I'm quite enjoying listening to your swearing under your breath in Scottish, you know, it's, uh, might it's quite pleasant. You might
3: be more top end of the top six. Oh, yeah, I've got plenty of that. Maybe uh, maybe,
7: maybe even second in the league, James, you might say. Uh, would that be Spurs? Yeah, Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> very well done <laughs> so hey, it's time, time for james he wins himself some Wrap merchandise I say a huge thanks to football flash for yeah supporting the Ampere Rap and also helping us come up with the quiz although more importantly huge thanks to lizzie who actually writes it every week for us and finds the callers if you want to take part um get on yeah the subscribers group and, and let people know uh, and we'll pick someone different every week from the subscriber group but if you could download the football flash app it'd help us and it'd help us continue uh, support supporting Football Flash, as I say, the good Scouts boys, so yeah, do try and help them, but thanks to James, and yeah, you back want to too? something, thanks. not sure what it's going to be and it is John Gibbons for the weekend, and I'm now joined by Max Rushton, who many of you will know as host of the Guardian Football Podcast. And Recently, I was at the FSF Awards. Um, we were up for Club Media of the Year, I think it was. We didn't win, but it did meet Max, so, you know, who's the real winner of the night, I, <laughs> I, I, uh, I tell you. Um, well, yeah, apart from our ass blog. Um,
11: so, yeah, Max, welcome to the Anfield app. Thank you very much. In many ways, people would say you've lost twice there.
7: yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, well, they you do. know, you know, well, I, I, be, be, be polite, Max. Be polite, but now it was, um, it was a good night, and the Guardian won again, which is nice.
11: Yeah, uh, do you know what? Because we're on the table with the, you know, the the other Guardian lot, and already Barney Ronnie had won, writer of the year, and and he is he's brilliant. And then the Guardian sports team, you know, they won, you know, paper of the year. And me and Baz are sitting there thinking, God, if we don't, going <laughs> to be awkward if we don't win this. Especially because you know, Jimbo James Richardson, who obviously used to host the Guardians, now the Totally Football Show, is hosting the event. Yeah, and you're like, no, it's it's almost like you know, it's it's about not losing rather than winning that's how i sort of felt about it yeah um you know as opposed to say your title challenge which is all about winning right that is <laughs> you know i don't know i i don't know when this is going out it's it's the, it? It? it's the morning um,
7: after the uh, the the uh, liverpool it, man city game oh, so we will not know so,
11: <laughs> Quarter past one on Thursday afternoon. I don't know how you're thinking about anything else but that game. <laughs> wow.
7: Well, I mean, we were trying to you to be the make the FA cover. You mentioned Barry there. He was he was he was much more magnanimous in victory than he was the year before. And I'll tell you about him. Um. <laughs>
11: <laughs> yeah. Well, the year before, because I was over in Australia, uh, where the current Mrs. Rushton is from, and uh, he thanked literally everybody on earth, including. <laughs> jimbo and the old production team and not intentionally he forgot to mention me and the fact that we spend far too much time together you know and and you know amazingly i i've still remained sort of quite an optimist in life despite spending all that time with (laughs) one of the dourest men on earth uh yeah he completely forgot to mention me but i've I've forgiven him because, yeah, I'm a lover, not a fighter.
7: Well, there you are. Neil forgets me all the time as well. It's typical, it's typical isn't it? Um, We've got you on to talk about the FA Cup anyway because it's, oh. it's FA Cup weekend. And I'm sure even Barry, the the, the the cynic that he is, kind of enjoys this weekend. It feels like, I don't know, it feels like football comes alive. There's, there's so many games of football. There's teams you've sort of, you know didn't realise we were kind of, kind of still involved. And, and, and there's some good ties this weekend. And as a Cambridge United fan, I'm sure you've got sort of good memories of the tournaments as well.
11: Oh, yeah. Listen, if, you, if you're if you a lower league fan, uh, then then literally, actually the draw, if you get through to the third round, which we didn't because we are terrible. We just shipped six at Milton Keynes. We, we let in three in the first 12 minutes two days ago. It's so depressing. But if you get the draw, is actually almost as exciting as the games, right? And and a few years ago, I mean, 2015, we drew Man United at the Abbey and uh, I was out, but the draw was on the telly and I I cheered more than I normally cheer a goal, right? You just <laughs> want... It. Genu- gen- like genuinely, you want Man United, Liverpool, Arsenal, Spurs, Chelsea, and that is pretty much it. But old Man City, right? They're, they're, like, you want one of the top six. Even getting, like you know, an Everton, it's just not that. You're just like, oh, well, we'll lose that. And it's not that. I mean, it sounds ridiculous. And when you go, you're obviously excited, but what you really want is the top six side, right? We drew Man United and I went with my dad and I used to go with my dad years ago and and he doesn't go that much. He's a really fair weather fan in terms of (laughs) if it's, if it's cold, he doesn't go. Not like, are we doing well? But if it's cold, (laughs) all right. And we, we watched that game and, and, Van Vanar was in charge, and and we drew nil nil. And and honestly, like when it when the full time whistle went, it was like it's just emotional to think we've stopped these guys. You know, you're watching, you're watching those players that you see. You know, I think Falcao was on there and Carrick, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you're watching them going, wow, we just held these guys. And actually, our our plan was press everyone except Phil Jones, and it seemed to work really well. We just let him have <laughs> the ball, and then and then we we went to Old Trafford, and our center forward tom elliott was through one-on-one after like 20 seconds and it was like none of us were ready the players weren't ready yeah. we were still looking around going god this is big you know and and, <laughs> and he, put, he, he hit the post and then they won three 0. but we, we made a million quid out of it and it was brilliant and i started supporting us in what the late 80s and we got to the quarterfinals two years running in yeah. fact we we lost to crystal palace in the quarterfinal who then went on to beat you yeah. in that 4-3 and and we actually batted them. So really it should have been us who <laughs> beat you 4-3 in the semi-final and then went on to, to the final. We got to the quarterfinals two years running. The, the, the year after we lost at Arsenal, who were then the champions and Dion scored for us and, and we scared of it, made it 1-1 at Highbury. And It was just, there were two Arsenal fans sitting in the away end in front of us and they were terrified that we were going to come it's funny, you know, anyone from London thinks basically you're from Cambridge or from the countryside, you're like, no, it's just like a small city. Yeah. right? You know, They're all like, you know, you're farmers. You're like, well, no, <laughs> not really. But it was great. And we had these two years. We got to the quarterfinal, two years running. We got promoted those two years. We got to the playoffs to get into what would have been the Premier League for the first time. And I genuinely thought that football was like the easiest thing. And then <laughs> I've been on a sort of depressing ride since 1992. Uh, Lord knows why I work in it. it just gets worse and worse
7: maybe it's just to talk about some other teams to kind of take your take your
11: mind off your own Um, well I mean if I'm allowed and I'll get I'll get told off for this and I get told off a lot for this my dad is a massive Spurs fan right and he put in a Spurs kit when I was five and took me to Cambridge but every time Spurs found on telly he rings Rings me to tell me like literally a minute after full time he rings me up and he tells me how good Jimmy Greaves was right it's like absolutely <laughs> and you know and and look I'm sure you have the same like like loads of your listeners have the same and someone just ring you up and you know talking about the Shankly years or whatever You're like I don't need to hear that Jimmy Greaves would have side footed that in the corner again <laughs> but I will so so Tottenham and my, what I like to call big team who win things um, uh, which. Obviously, doesn't happen very often. Um, so so, so I I know this is going out afterwards, but I am supporting City tonight because I still want Spurs to win the league, and I'd like a title race as well. But um, I don't think Spurs will win the league. But, you know, I remember, I think I cried when Keith Houchin scored that diving hitter in 87, and Gary Mabbott scored that own goal. I was sort of a conflicted youngster because I had these two football teams and... You know, they're pretty mutually exclusive. You know, you can like both because yeah. they very rarely meet each other. Um, and, uh, I, I, you know, my heart is where Cambridge is by. I probably see more of the Spurs because, you know, I'm, a, I'm generally working or playing on a Saturday. So I'm, I'm much more an armchair fan. So I would, you know, I have memories of Spurs getting to finals and occasionally winning them. And I think I, think I had most of those records. Although my first ever single was the Anfield Rap. Oh, the well, there you go! Like, and I'm not just saying that, you know, if I was on a Man United <laughs> podcast, I would say the same thing. That was my first ever single because at that age, you know, when you're about nine or 10, literally all I cared about was football. Yeah. To the point where I would have shoot and match posters all over my wall about literally anyone. It didn't matter. Derek Mountfield. I'll stick it up there. It doesn't, I don't care who it is. And I would get a, I had like a video. I had a VHS, right? Just ready in the video. So whenever there was a goal that came on telly, I would, you know, your younger listeners will literally not not no idea, what <laughs> any of thing, but whenever there was a goal, I would press record and play, and I'd make my own sort of, you know, really badly edited goals videos, which was a sort of mishmash of Saint and Greavesy and. Elton Wellesby and then the Anglia News, and you know, I'd get one terrible Northampton Town goal and I'd <laughs> stick it on, and then I'd just watch these goals videos. If, if I, you know, you don't, no one knows everything, right? When you're broadcasting, it's always somebody, especially, you know, you're on Talksport, The Guardian, and you're talking about all these clubs, and whoever you're talking about, there is someone who knows more yeah.
7: than you. There are loads of
11: fans, you know, and you know, I literally just before you rang up, I was like, I was getting abuse from Liverpool fans for saying I wanted City to win the league on the radio this morning. I was getting abuse from City fans because we had Carragher and Rush and Stephen Graham on and we only had Paul Dickoff on to talk Man City about the imbalance. Like you, You're getting abused for that and, and everyone will know more. But if I'd done this job when I was 10, it would have been a bit shrill, right? And I would have sounded a bit squeaky, but my knowledge, wow, it would have been so much better than it is now. <laughs> yeah, I know you you know, i had to shoot league ladders. I'd know every single player and every manager in, Division Four, Division
7: Three, Division Two. Now I'm just sort of trying to live off my knowledge of mid nineties football and just hope I get away with it for a bit. I mean, we're all just hoping we get away with it to the to the, to the end. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. I mean, just I mean, on this the, the third round weekend. Then there's I mean, there's some nice ties to look forward to. As you know, somebody's based in Merseyside, Tranmere hosting Tottenham. Uh, your dad's team. Yeah. Here Friday night's kind of a, a, a really good one. And just having that many games on at three o'clock on a Saturday is, is just quite cool as well. Just you know the, yeah, the video print to go mad
11: you say that there aren't enough, I mean, the Football Supporters Federation talked about this as well, that there aren't that many games on at three on Saturday. And I think there are quite a few, and I'm not exactly sure the reason that have been moved, even not moved for TV. And, and, you know, some of the TV games, you know, they'll always pick you. I imagine you're on, they'll always pick, you've got Wolves on you, they'll always pick, yeah, um, Monday night. Monday night. yeah they'll always pick the Man United game because people watch them. But it'd be nice to, to, you know, to pick the lesser sides. Um, yeah, it's a great round. And I, I don't know. I think what you want is giant killings, right? You want giant killings all the way to the semi final and the final. But but do you? I mean, I, you know, you sort of think those games. Did you beat Millwall in a Cup final once? I can't I was remember. You know, and you're just like I uh, was. Was that Arsenal? I know, Man I United. So Man, Man United beat Man United beat yeah, Millwall.
7: Yeah, yeah, they beat
11: Millwall. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, you know, and, and and you know, you sort of think those games. You think by the time you get to the final, you probably do want you probably do want a really big, you know, two of the big six. I'm just trying, I'm just thinking out loud. Oh, it was great when Wigan won, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, that was, like it was it. If if a, if a If a lesser team gets to the final, they've just got to win it. That's the thing, haven't they? Um, but I, I, I think it's interesting. I think when I grew up, we weren't in Europe, like English teams weren't in Europe, right? And so, <clears throat> the FA Cup really, really meant something, right? Because there were just fewer things you could win. And I, and I, I think part of the reason now that it's just it, it, it isn't viewed quite as 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 big as it used to be is because you know the Champions League is bigger, right? And and I still think I still think teams care about the FA Cup. I, I think a lot of I think a lot of the big teams will rest players, right? They've just had frankly a ridiculous Christmas yeah. schedule, right? Like so many games, and they are just desperate for a week off. And I think you will see a lot of weakened sides. It, it's less of a problem for me about you guys or Spurs or Man United wrestling players, I find it strange when those teams that aren't really in danger of relegation, so what sort of Brighton, between, say, Brighton and, and, uh, you know, Man United or Leicester or or Wolves, you know, those sides, just go for it. Do you know what I mean? Just play your best team. You're not going to get relegated. You're very unlikely to qualify for the Europa League. You might not even want to qualify for the Europa League. Oh, actually hang on, if you win the cup you do get that there anyway. But you get my point. Yeah, if yeah. You win the cup, you win the cup. And and like I don't really know what it's like to win trophies, but and you know, Liverpool you've won some, right? Um and Liverpool fans tend to remind us of that. And <laughs> uh, it's that's the whole point, isn't it? The whole point is trying to win stuff. So I really think for those teams, you know, the teams the teams just outside of the top six should absolutely go for it. And you know, teams like Wolves and Bournemouth um, should literally throw everything at that. And because I've done phone-ins and you talk to Wig- Wigan fans, right? Who got relegated that season, I think. Um, yeah, it was the
7: same season. The yeah. season
11: uh, yeah, and Birmingham fans who won the, the League Cup, um, you know, the Fermi martins goal, and they got relegated that season and none of them would swap it. They would, they would never, ever swap that day out to win a trophy because it doesn't happen very much. There aren't that many trophies you can win. And, uh it, like that's a great thing to do right you'll
7: always have that memory indeed uh huge thanks to max for joining us on the phone there he's at max rushton on twitter if you want to uh know, just you, argue, argue about yeah. football yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's obviously obviously from the uh, garden football podcast i'm sure lots of you listen to that already but do check it out if you don't already
1: and yeah thanks to max and now back to neil welcome back i've got ollie mcgovern kev walsh adam mealy i forgot your name there as i've known you just yeah. just went completely on my head. Uh yeah. Lizzie Doyle, I haven't had a lot of sleep. Um, <laughs> Kev Walsh, uh who gives a fuck about the FA Cup? Not me. Not BT they Have you
5: seen a fucking the advert they put out? Don't diss the cup.
1: You're dissing the cup right now? I'm dissing
5: the cup right now because <laughs> right it's fucking shit. But they, they shouldn't be putting an advert out saying, hey, this FA Cup's not shit by
1: saying everyone's calling shit. I
5: mean, it it's shit. the
4: first rule of communications, like don't say what something yeah. isn't. Because yeah. yeah. then yeah. all people can th- think of is that thing being yeah. that thing I also, that you just
1: said. I also think that advertising campaign is very much aimed at the South.
5: Yeah, because they're a big gang of wolves, yeah, 100%. <laughs>
4: okay, 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 this is <laughs> escalated now. <laughs>
1: what? It's very much, that it's Southern humour, yeah, that's aimed at the South. 100%. In the same way that, for instance, the South have never got Mark and Lard, we shouldn't be getting that advert. We can get it because it's basic, which is an example of Southern humour, but it's very much aimed at the South, that advert.
5: Anyway, South of Liverpool, basically, that advert's for, and the northeast. So oh, yeah, yeah. The yeah. northeast do not love all. Okay, life. this is it takes, not
4: uniting the country. Now, we're ticking some, very,
2: <laughs> ticking some very Neil boxes. So allow me to tick some Adam boxes by talking about Simon Minuley.
1: <laughs> <laughs> by the way, I love the south. I know loads of you are listening. You are all sounds, but uh, you know, don't worry about it. Go on, six Adam boxes. So, are you going to watch Simon Minuley play football? Because uh, do you know what? I was going to go to Wolves, and then I thought Monday night to watch
2: Simon Minuley.
9: No, just, <laughs> just go and
2: heckle. We don't want. We don't want to win. So I think basically, if we're going do we want to stay in the cup? Because no. if no. we don't, then that's fine. Let's play Simon Mignolet. And if we do, then we should probably play Allison. I think because I, I do think that was the difference when we got when we get, when Chelsea knocked us out of the, uh, the the League Cup. You could sort of see as the ninety minutes wore on the the, 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 the back four going deeper and deeper. Hang on,
4: <laughs> do not do that
1: not like we normally do. Um, yeah, Mignolet, eh? Well I mean you who you're picking at centre half? Go on, let's be let's be safe. In fact, Lizzie, well, well, who are you picking at centre half? Well, who know can we pick? Is
3: Kamak to is it?
1: Nat Nat Phillips can't.
5: Fit, sorry, Nat Phillips. Fit, is he? Um Neil Ruzer, who gives a fuck
3: <laughs> Honestly, you <laughs> so, who's asked? I, honestly, you're saying you could literally put storage in centre half for all like uh I um, wouldn't put
5: storage there because we need him for the league. Honestly, don't play I any I of our mis- main he's players. He's gonna play
3: Van Dijk. because there's he no
5: other option. Pick Mr Sea Lion.
3: I pick Mr.
4: Giraffe
1: Good we, on. Yeah, Let me get a piece of paper. Let me get a piece of paper. I'll tell you what i have thinking. I don't think you're going to take it seriously. No, no, I...
4: no. We've decided we're not taking it seriously. Don't diss the cup. <laughs>
1: um... <laughs> <laughs> probably, I mean...
5: Who, 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 What's the options at centre-half? Probably... Surely you can't pick Van D. What's that?
1: Honestly, that is I
5: don't mental... the options. So I really
3: don't.
1: I'd go back three. Do you remember when we went to Brighton last year yeah, and you played Al-Dum, Wijnaldum centre-half? Wijnaldum centre-half. Yeah. I wouldn't pick play Wijnaldum. Al-Dum, I'm going to
5: drive. I'm not going, but I'll drive for Wolves <laughs> and I'll take him home. And wrap Wool- him in cotton and my nice cup of cocoa. He's
1: not playing against Wolves. So I wouldn't play Wijnaldum, no, but I'd play, play a play. mad back three where I'd, I'd I'd play... All right, let me give you my, my Wolves team. I'm writing it as a go here, which, you know, is Loughran. somewhere... Klein. Uh I'd play L- Klein, Lovren, and Fabinho as my centre-back three.
5: Oh my, <laughs> God. oh, my
1: God. Neil, I I'd play Camacho, right wing-back, yeah. and Moreno, left wing-back. Are you all right still there? Who gives, you hanging on? About, who gives a fuck about Moreno? So there you go. Uh, some of these lads need to get some time on the pitch.
2: I'm surprised. that I, I, I actually thought Moreno might be at, uh, off as soon as the, um, the window opened after what he'd said but
1: he's still here I think he was misquoted on all that was he he's a a, a helmet but he's not that much of a noise Uh, I'd play Keiter and Milner centre mid I'd play Lallana Shaqiri behind Origi oh my god He's upset about that. You've lost your fucking mind. Is that too good? Are you saying that's, that's too good? That is
5: well <laughs> too good. Honestly, anyone,
1: anybody, who's, anybody who's... Maybe who's be play Curtis Jones ahead of Milner. Sound. Anyone who's available for league games
5: who is actually useful in the league game, why are we playing in this, in this game? I don't, honestly, we to they might need here. to
1: have a bit of a run around, you know. I don't care they about
5: don't
1: get, They don't get reserve team football anymore. They there's,
5: might need
9: to literally plenty, stretch the legs.
5: plenty of league games we've just had there and they didn't get the games there. This game should be just Honestly, we don't want to win. We don't want it. I don't want any more cup games. We just need all we are now. We're just Liverpool, Premier League champions elect. That's all I care about. Can we
1: not like have Oxford away? No. We
2: won't get Oxford away.
5: We won't, will we? No. We'll get someone shit at home and get beat there. Lincoln away? No, no You're tickling me, fancy one. Lincoln <laughs> beat Everton. Hey, <laughs> I've got you now. Oh. Lincoln <laughs> beat I mean,
1: Everton. And, I mean, then, and then Lincoln beat Everton 3pm Saturday just like play Salah
5: up front yeah you've got this Neil
1: and then we get Lincoln away and we all get to go to Lincoln because when else are we going to get to go to Lincoln that, in our lives that would be
5: good but honestly this FA Cup game has got to be the least important FA Cup game do you want me to have have do the draw
1: up. now I'll do the draw
2: go on West Brom at home
1: oh <laughs> but then we're in Dublin for that weekend and it'll be brilliant well. oh and there's going to be VAR which also gives, gives oh, it a fresh VAR. shot of excitement
5: god,
4: oh my god, god. god. this is the worst preview
5: show of any we've ever done ever honestly I mean, you
3: feel guilty as well I, though don't you because you want to go out and you do want to, we, we, <laughs> we don't want to you want to go out and win as much as possible but I, I think you've got to cheat it as a break. So just yeah. to be, yeah. an eleven-day, an, an eleven-day winter wind, break.
5: 11 day
2: winter I'll be break. slightly serious for a second. I said last night, I've changed my team for Wolves. I'm going to pick a strong team now because I think we need to bounce back because two, no. two defeats in a row is bad. Oh. But now I've, I've changed my mind again. What? Yes. But that was how it's I felt. The
3: that was how
10: I to
1: Yeah. Welcome yeah. to us. We'll
3: all with, watch. With we'll all
10: watch Wolves battle
5: Liverpool, and it'll be a lovely time. <laughs> Wolves will make nine changes. By the
1: way, don't do this thing where you think Wolves will make nine changes. They made when they were top of the championship last year, and they played Premier League Swansea. They made six changes, and they played Gibbs White. Who, at that age, was must have been about four years old, considering <laughs> that he's still a junior footballer now. The they thing, made some changes. They, they, they played the second choice keeper.
5: Yeah, that, but that's a difference because they're going for promotions to the Premier League, yeah. whereas now they're, they're entrenched in that middle of the table. So, I think
4: like, it would be great for them. They're, they're in mid-table position. They look comfortable. They're playing good football. Like this is this is set up for them, and it's set up for us to have
2: a rest. Yeah. Do they still do replays in this competition? They do, yes. Not one yeah, no,
3: no, no, no,
1: no, no, I no. Mean, I'm not
2: I'm, I'm even I mean, you, be, you oh
3: can throw the ball God. in the goal. Yeah, exactly. Just Literally. Stop that with our
4: happen. full support.
3: And I think he'd probably do
2: that anyway. No, he won't. He'll get a, he'll get us a replay on purpose. Play, play,
4: play, play, Just to annoy you. Adam's
1: furious because of Simon Mignolet's man of the match performance in Liverpool's nil-nil draw with Wolves. Play, play Bogdan. Ne- You've never seen a goalkeeping performance like it. 16 saves, four of them better than, bo- better than Gordon Banks against Pele. Adam's livid. Play um, Bogdan. Excellent. Can I have a prediction? 8-0 to Wolves. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, honestly, is the worst humans alive and now Lizzie's dropping the microphone all over the place. Add Amelia, don't diss the cup. Yeah, one each. One oh. each. <laughs> Lizzie Doyle, <laughs> don't diss the cup.
4: Oh, I don't even... T- uh, two one Wolves.
1: Alison McGovern, don't diss the cup.
4: Uh, I, I'm going to go with a draw because I think that will be like... <laughs> absolute purgatory
1: yeah <laughs> honestly imagine the atmosphere at Anfield you know when they do the old uh, they yeah. go Who's honestly, I'm going to boo the whole
5: 90 minutes
1: <laughs> honestly I
5: will I promise is this a library we wish it was mate we wish it was
1: <laughs> uh, excellent stuff well done Liverpool are focused on winning the league uh, Kev Walsh is focused on winning the league Alison is focused on winning the league Adam is focused on winning the league and Lizzie Doyle is focused on winning the league that's what it's all about that's all that matters and Liverpool even in getting beat showed they can win this league it's a weekender postscript, uh, because in the gap between finishing the weekend and us being able to put it out, uh, Nathaniel Klein's gone alone to Bournemouth, have interrupted Josh Sexton's lunch, rushed him down to the studio. Uh, Josh, it's, it's, it just all feels a bit left field, to be honest with you. You do wonder whether or not, you know, maybe Gomez is closer to a return than we think. Maybe the manager fancies Camacho a bit more than we think. Uh, maybe Moreno's not, you know, going to be sticking around for a, a while longer, it does feel like a big move.
10: Yeah, absolutely. And there's there's talk of this uh, key Anna Hoover as well kicking about, particularly with, I think with the with the Wolves game in mind on Monday. So it'd be interesting to see what the manager does. But yeah, it's, it seems a bit of a strange one from from, from the sort of outside looking in as, as a supporter because you think the more depth we can get, particularly you know after last night's result, when we have got a, a few sort of few uh, fronts to fight on coming into the next few months, that maybe you do need the depth and you'll need someone like Klein to play at some point. But like you say, maybe it is a sort of it looks to the kids now.
1: Um, he also. um I'm just reading David Maddox's tweet that's in front of me. Uh, Joe Gomez will be back in training next fortnight. Fabinho, James Milner and intriguingly Hoover. We'll come on to that in a second. Fabinho, Milner, I, I do wonder whether or not he may well move to Milner as a second choice right back for this. I think that that's f- f- from here until the end of the season. I think he may have enjoyed what he saw at Bournemouth and at Wolves and he might want that as an option.
10: Yeah, and I, th- I think it was one that we probably didn't consider at the start of the season. But like you say, the performances against against Bournemouth and Wolves almost it seems to give us something a bit different to to what Trent can offer and-, and even to what Gomez can offer. Maybe Milner does go ahead of Gomez in the pecking order there. Now, in terms of Fabinho, I think Klopp probably wants to get him up to speed with with his a- with his actual position for now, probably rather than playing him at right back. But yeah, I think you could you could easily see-, see Milner doing more bits there.
1: Is this back to do you think the manager loves a happy camp, Josh? You know, I think he loves he wants all the footballers to feel involved. And if clients come to him and said, I just don't feel sufficiently involved i 'm twenty seven you know this is these are these are key moments i 'm surprised by that that 's not what i'd be looking to do. But, you know different footballers have different priorities and maybe just maybe the manager's thoughts I'd, I'd rather have everyone feel like they're all in it together I mean we're all this is sort of you know obviously it's it's a hypothesis it's not a fact but I yeah. do wonder you know in the same way that on a completely different scale he was happy to let Coutinho go last January if it is part of his well I'd just rather have people here who, who choose and want to be here
10: Yeah I think it's as it's much about a happy camp as, as Klopp you know valuing his footballers as players as well I imagine if clients as people yeah Yeah exactly it's, Yeah, sorry as people is what I meant um, if, if clients come to him and said, Look, I'm not happy here, boss. Then Klopp's going to be thinking, Well, I don't want that to, to sort of get through to the other players, but also I, I don't want you to be unhappy because I want you to be here because you enjoy playing for Liverpool and, and because you, you want to play football and you want to get in that first team. So I imagine if, if Klein is, is sort of making them noises and, and wants to go get first team football somewhere, then Klopp would be the last person I think who'd want to deny him that. Uh,
1: you know, the hits, you know, to follow on this sort of stuff. Uh, James Pierce, obviously, the Liverpool Echo, they'll be writing about it and working on it. Uh, our friends mentioned David Maddick there. There's Glenn Price, um, Mel Reddy. Uh, We'll probably have something on it at some point. And uh, Dave Lynch, for instance, all the people who contribute to the Anfield rap, Chris Welsh, you know where they all are. Have a little look at that as it comes through uh, and as this develops across the next weeks and months. And uh, that is now the end of the Weekender. And I can't believe I picked Klein and my team for Wolves. We'll all be all right, though.
9: <laughs> Fucking hell, Neil. Do I get to go home today or what? <laughs> it's bad enough
1: with. With the, was having loads, There's four Rap shows out today. If you're a if you're free listener, uh, hiya, uh, you're not going to hear the other three unless you want to subscribe for five pounds a month. And by all means, do. Well, there's yeah. four shows we're Feel getting like done I'm in today. you commitment see, you know. I honestly, I've done like seven. I'm going to end today. I haven't done seven or eight shows, and I got in last night at half two in the morning, and I got in the office for. for, for I was late uh, for half nine. Um, and Liverpool won't stop uh, they will not stop they're showing no signs of stopping they've now sold Dom Solanke to Bournemouth for uh, 19 million quid
9: 19 plus add-ons they've accepted the bid looks like it's all done by the shouting Pro- possibly explains why uh, Palace pulled out the other day um, bit out the blue really isn't it uh,
1: yeah uh, the essence of out the blue Um I mean, I think it's a good move for him. Uh, the way Bournemouth play, they play a lot of four four two. They play a lot of, um, you know, there's the, the, so there should be the opportunities on the pitch. Defoe's just gone, that creates a bit of a space, so he's going to Rangers. They play Solanke. For me, looks more like a link player. He's got a lot in common with Josh King, I think, possibly, and and, and that's a decent trajectory for him. I think it makes loads of sense for Bournemouth tactically. I think it makes loads of sense for Solanke.
9: Yeah. Here we are. Yeah, and you'd imagine there'll be, there'll be a buyback in there, as there was with, with Jordan Ibe. Hopefully this works out better than Jordan Ibe's move. Um, yeah, I think it's just at that stage in the career where Liverpool have accelerated so much, where we are not, I, I think someone said the other day, we're not, we're not, we're past the, the, the post of having projects now. And Solanki was very much a project. I think he started last season well. I think he went off the boil. I think given a run of games, got plenty of potential. But what it also says is the faith that, uh, Jürgen Klopp has in, There's other options that might not be starting every game. Obviously, David back in Liverpool now. His future's been up in the air. You've got Daniel Sturridge, and there's talk of a new contract. What a turnaround that'd be! And then you've got the youngster. Got Brewster. Got Brewster there.
1: And what that suggests to me is Liverpool feel as though they're committed to Brewster. and maybe that's been the conversation that's been had at some point with Solanke. Is the committed to Brewster ahead of Solanke that they can see Brewster's ceiling, Brewster's trajectory to be more what Liverpool wants. What a seal
9: of approval? That is, by the way, it's
1: huge if that's the case, and it's it's you know it's testament to to the way in which they must have viewed him. And no, I think it's I, I, obviously Solanke hasn't done enough to in training to elbow his way past Origi or Sturridge in the pecking order, and with Brewster to come back as well, you do wonder if that's that's the obvious move. What was dead interesting was. On the weekend, uh, we have we have a laugh about the, the FA Cup and no one being bothered. But we talked about it on Friday show one with us with you and Andy McCann. And I, I was asking people for teams, what would your team be? Not one person said Solanke. Not one person said Solanke That's in either of those up. two shows. When I was in the car yesterday with with Paul Senior, to and from the game, chatting about what, what are you gonna do at Wolves, neither of us said Solanke. Now that this has come out, it's just sort of occurred to me not one person has said what about Dom Solanke?
9: Yeah, no, now you've said it, yeah, it's it, it is as plain as the nose on your face. Um, I'd like to think as well that there's, I mean, obviously 19 million a lot of money. Um, maybe not a lot of money in today's game, but for someone who's, who's so untested, shall we say. But I'd also like to think that maybe there's an element of the club looking after the player's best interest in this. Do you know what I'm saying? Just kind of like yeah. making sure he has the best start. And you know what? There might even be an argument to Melbourne saying, look... Ninety million million, good uh, good amounts of money. Uh, we still think there might be a, a part of it that thinks that he could still develop. And if there's a buyback in there, if he does develop, he does all the hard yards on Bournemouth remit and they they end up getting paid for yeah. that development.
1: No, that's that's a, that's a really valid point. And I think that, you know, this talk, it might even be, you know, it might go a little bit up from from ninety million. It might be the other side of that. It's, everything's breaking as we're going here. So we just want you to know that we are working right the way through on it well Um, but supposedly James Pierce has said this uh, Liverpool have agreed a 19 million well (laughs) James Pierce 11 minutes ago on Twitter as we record Liverpool in talks with Bournemouth over the potential sale of striker Dom Solanke 8 minutes wow that escalated quickly Liverpool have agreed a 19 million pound fee with Bournemouth for the sale of Dominic Solanke and I'll say this and you can only wish him all the best he's oh, absolutely yeah, not let us down at any stage You know, he was unlucky not to get the goal counted against West Brom gets his goal at the end of the season works hard and I reckon, he, I reckon he's got a really high seal and I can see him playing for England within the next sort of four or five years I think he can really impress
9: Alex, they've all got the plan to be back at Liverpool in a couple of seasons time and we've, we've uh, paid a bit of extra cash to bring him back because he developed the way he could he should develop Excellent stuff, tell you what, isn't that a lovely happy ending? Michael Edwards, can you turn your fucking phone off please Yeah, can mate? we have can we have can we have a bit
1: of time here, lads? Thanks, mate. Uh can we have it's a bit I of time, like. yeah, yeah. Thanks gonna, for that. Gonna go get my head down. See you, uh, See you in a bit.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network